0: Alright, welcome back to Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And this is episode 9. Uh, uh, part 2 of
1: our video game anthology series.
0: Right. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the golden age of video games. seventy-eight
1: to 82. Um,
0: Derek, fire away. Sure. No, right. no, 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 no. Oh, all right. okay, alright.
1: So... Before the golden age of video games began, uh, video games actually came in second in terms of popularity to pool and and um, and pinball.
0: Right, and and for a long and obviously pinball and pool are still around, uh, though obviously not uh, to the degree that they once were. Well, I mean, you used to have pool
1: halls. I mean, you still have pool halls, but pool halls used to be huge,
0: huge, and there used to be like tons of them. Like, I can only think. Of, and I'm from Jersey. I can only think of like two or three in like all of South Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Where you know, uh, there's Deptford. There's one. I think I don't even know if Somerdale's still open. I mean, Violin used to have one. I don't know if they still do or not. Yeah, and but that used to be kind of the um, the communal, I, I guess, gaming hall. You would say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, separate and apart from you know, obviously you know, physical sports that type of thing. But yeah, uh, second to pool and pinball, video games obviously came third. Video game arcades, um, but then everything changed with the introduction of
1: Space Invaders.
0: That's correct. And and what I find what I found really interesting, and obviously when we talk about it, you're gonna like know. Oh yeah, it's obvious, but. Space Invaders introduced a new gaming mechanic that weren't, you know, used in in uh, games before, which was uh, the enemy shooting at you. Enemy shooting at you, and it was based on lives instead of a timer or a score, ah. like pinball. Pinball, obviously, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about in in in, uh, in a little bit. Pinball basically just had whoever had the high score in the machine that was the high score.
1: Right. Um,
0: there was no lives or anything else like that. Yeah, you
1: just played till well, you ran out of balls though eventually.
0: Yeah, for as long as you were able to keep the ball going. Right. Um, and it was exactly it was the first game that shot back. Obviously, pinball they don't shoot back. Pool, they're not shooting back. Right. Um, Pong oh, pong! Technically, the no. Pong was, I, I believe, it was a two-player only game. I don't think you could play it against the computer. I could be wrong. I might be wrong. I'm not sure if I'm wrong. Often but wrong. But there's possibly you're often wrong. Often wrong. Oh, now we're going to Star Trek here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Star Trek Next Generation joke. Uh, some of these might not get. Um, but Space Invaders um, created by Midway. Uh in eighty three sold about sixty thousand units, which which was kinda significant.
1: Eighty
0: three? I think. Seventy Oh, Seven oh you're right? I'm wrong. Seventy nine. I love hearing that. Seventy nine it only happens once in a blue moon. Okay, so you got like another sixty days before that'll happen again.
1: Oh, so that's how blue moons occur once every sixty I days. I believe it's
0: every sixty days. Yeah. Could be wrong on that too, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm more close to that being the fact. Uh, All right. Well,
1: there's our first segue of the of the of the episode. Right. Anyway, back back <laughs> to you, often, Wrong. <laughs> All
0: right, Space Invaders. Uh, the 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 next really popular game was Asteroids in 1979. Uh,
1: I, I, I've never played Asteroids on a machine, like an arcade machine. I played it on my on my computer when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, and and there's been, like, tons of iterations in it in terms of, you know, arcade classics through Xbox and everything and, else, yeah, and I, Nintendo always, had it.
1: Like, I, I enjoyed playing it. It's, like, it was just one of those things that you could just mindlessly get lost into as you're trying just to avoid your little triangle not getting hit. Like we were talking about off the air, is the second you move away from the middle and start trying to move the ship you're dead. Though,
0: you're, screwed. you're dead. You're dead. Because it uses like I guess entropy, like where if you're starting, if you hit the gas, you keep going, going because obviously uh, it's space. So as long as there's not a gravitational force to stop you, you're just gonna keep going in whatever direction you're going. So then you have to do this wow. whole thing of going the opposite direction, hitting the gas. How do you hit the gas for like you know a millisecond? Half a millisecond. Well, either
1: that, or you're
0: reading way too much into it. We just both really sucked at asteroids. No, it was uh, no. It was a really kind of difficult game, and and they actually had updated versions of asteroids. I think for Nintendo and Super Nintendo too. And I think they actually even had it for N64. I mean, I could be wrong on that, I, I but I think to, they I would had love to
1: play an updated version of it for the newest consoles. Where you're actually like seeing the cockpit and just flying around shooting yeah. asteroids.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised
1: they actually haven't done it yet or made a
0: holiday They might have, I, but you know, after that whole like, Asteroid seriously, movie. once you hit the gas, it's kind of all over. You're just like on a downward spiral well, I mean, you before know, you know, get they're destroyed. Making, they're
1: making all these movies based on, vi- on uh, board games now, so why not make one, and video games, why not make one based off of uh, asteroids?
0: Because it would be a long and boring movie. I mean, it really well. They yeah, they kind of made yeah. one. Armageddon, they kind of made one, yeah. Armageddon, Armageddon. yeah, and,
1: um, and uh, the other one, uh, Deep Impact,
0: yeah. And that's a whole different conversation, but it was basically the same principle. Yeah, destroying the asteroid before it destroyed you. Yep.
1: Um.
0: But the uh, one of the the key features of asteroids was that it had multiple high scores, and we were talking about this, you know, maybe five ten minutes ago, where when on a pinball machine, it would only record the highest score, and, whatever and that you would be.
1: Could not initially,
0: and you could not initial it. you could not basically make a stamp this, there.
1: That's what uh, asteroids brought to the table, right? You could, you got a score, and if it registered in like the top ten, you could put your initials next to it.
0: Correct. Yeah, put your initials and everything like that. Yeah. And that actually, it's kind of interesting because I guess it personalized the the arcade. Well, do you, do you have your
1: initials anywhere, or were your initials ever anywhere? I mean. God, that was
0: thirty years ago, probably.
1: You know what really? Oh man. So there's a there was a movie here, um, where I was playing this shooter game at, right? And I got, I don't know how high up the score was, but it was high enough to initial it. And I didn't realize that I walked away. Some other kid went up and put their initials in, like it was their achievement. Bastard. Oh, that's even worse, bastard.
0: Then Did they didn't even do it. No, the
1: kid was like, "Hey, I put my initials in this, but you, hey, congratulations." I was like, "Oh, thanks." jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what I get for not paying attention.
0: They, um, I remember playing, uh, Gauntlet, uh, at the bowling alley with my friend, and we would... Oh, Gauntlet. Oh, you you remember that? I have
1: Gauntlet, I have one of the Gauntlet games for the N64.
0: Oh, yeah. That's Gauntlet Legacy, I think. Yes. I'm talking about the original Gauntlet, which is obviously just another iteration of the same game. Like, Gauntlet Legacy was just updated graphics. I just, I, I the Valkyrie is it. about yeah. to die. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, well, it's like you're you're in, you're engrossed playing the game and then you're not paying attention to your own health and you hear you hear that and you're like, "What? I'm about to die?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the food? And I just love it like in a dungeon. There's just like food lying all over the place. You're bot- battling monsters and everything else. They're not eating or anything, but there just happens to be a plate of food. Great right for you. You oh, know what I mean? Like a chicken dinner well, or something.
1: Let's segue to modern gaming in a minute with uh, the Elder Scroll series like uh, Skyrim, where you have food, and as you're in battle with like an orc or whatever, you just pause to eat three apples real quick to get your feet <laughs> yeah, up slightly.
0: Yeah.
1: Hold on hold a second. Hold on, on a second. Let me, let me eat real
0: quick. Let me let eat me real let quick. Let me eat these ten cheese wheels real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, and we're basically talking about, um, you know, how, how the gaming, uh, the video games kind of changed, the the landscape. And, you know, obviously Asteroids was, was one of the major ones, uh, with, you know, the whole multiple high scores. Um, then we come to the introduction of, you know, identifiable characters in a series. It wasn't just, uh, You know, you're like a little man doing this, that, or the other thing, or or what have you, or you're in a spaceship shooting things, you know, with like asteroids or space invaders. You're talking about the Pac-Mans of the world. The Pac-Mans, the Miss Pac-Mans, the Donkey Kong, the Cuberts.
1: Donkey Kong is what introduced Mario to the world, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. The first that plumber, was, the was, first famous plumber
1: that started it all. So, Donkey Kong was the original villain to
0: capture Princess Peach. Or, no, it wasn't Princess Peach, right? It was, or it was no, else. it was somebody else, and I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. Um, that didn't come till the whole, obviously, right. Mario series. Which we will get to. Eventually. But, yeah, and I mean, um, that really did introduce a lot of identifiable characters. A lot of them obviously spawned um, cartoons at the time. Was there a Pac-Man cartoon? There was a Pac-Man cartoon. Got it. Of course you (laughs) did. The Pac-Man cartoon and Miss Pac-Man, Baby Pac-Man, it was all... Was there a a Q-Bert cartoon? There was a Q-Bert cartoon. How about Donkey Kong? There was a Donkey Kong cartoon. There were several Donkey Kong cartoons. There was even Donkey Kong cartoons in your generation. They were like the uh, computer-generated ones. Do you remember that Donkey Kong Country? I didn't watch it, though. Yeah, but it was... But, I mean, they've had Donkey Kong, like, forever. But, I mean, it really... um, help the video game industry to expand. I mean, obviously, from merchandising and everything else, where you never had that before. <laughs> Spaceballs. Merchandising! <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that uh, that really expanded their reach. Spaceballs,
1: uh, the toilet paper.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Spaceballs, too. The search for more money.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, that that's really where it came to be, and obviously, the different incarnations of the subsequent games throughout the different systems uh, and it really started I think with Pac-Man yeah you know um,
1: well um, I remember there's there's a diner that uh, my family we would go there after church on the weekends mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. and they they had a Pac-Man machine
0: mm-hmm. and, oh, mom mom can I play Pac-Man
1: mom let me play Pac-Man Dad, dad, can I play Pac-Man?
0: And it was such a it was such like, a simple game.
1: And you know, I'm I'm like 6. So I I suck at Pac-Man, but I just like playing it.
0: Yeah. And they suck you in and then you get the merchandising. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and I think and, and most most games and most movies make more in general on merchandising than anything else just because it can reach a much broader audience from various different kind of um you can have like little pens with pac mans on it. You can have well, T-shirts with Pac-Man on it. Well, here again, you know, um, I mean, you might sneakers. have some, you might have
1: someone that doesn't like Pac-Man the game, but sees Pac-Man the action figure and thinks, "Oh, that's cool." It's probably a guy like you. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. And then the, I mean,
0: I don't think they actually. And then, then you'll have, get it
1: autographed by the original creator of Pac-Man and stick it on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, as long as his not
0: as long as his hands not uh, eaten off. You know, <laughs> yeah, throwing it back to pixels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if they had action figures back then on uh, Pac-Man. Uh, they they did later on, obviously. They may, um, they
1: may have had Pac-Man the Stress Ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had they had everything, you know, back in the day. It, it was like, like chew, a merchandising
1: chewy, chewy gummy candy, power
0: pellets. They had those. They, they had did. Those.
1: Oh they yeah. They actually did. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: joking. No, they actually did have those, because I remember that. Did they, they have,
1: like, the cherries and stuff in there, too?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not the first person to think of, hey, this would make a great gummy collection, the Pac-Man. Oh, sh- mm, you never know. You know? Um, I didn't know if
1: they had gummy candy back then.
0: They've had gummies, like, forever.
1: Well, now I know.
0: Now you know. That, never. That's a whole different remember, conversation. I'm the,
1: uh, I'm the young nerd. I don't know these things prior to 1988.
0: Exactly. It's a five, it's like a five minute podcast, but yeah, they had like a bunch of different candies. What, and quick, uh, offshoot of that with candies was back in, when I was younger, they used to sell candy cigarettes. Which is hilarious. You could well, buy they, a pack they, of candy. Yeah, cig-
1: they had them when I was. Oh, a they
0: kid. did. Yeah. Where they had like the little red things, like you're yeah, actually people, smoking. People
1: didn't start getting too, super sensitive to that until like mm-hmm. late nineties.
0: Late nineties? Oh, you're still. They were still okay with kids smoking like <laughs> seven or eight. Because yeah. I remember that going to like the the uh, yeah. candy store. Mom candy. and Dad
1: <laughs> are smoking their cigarettes. Here, here's your candy cigarette. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know if mine had the red tip or not. It may have just been the white stick.
0: No, ours definitely had the red tip. So it was actually burning. So we actually lit ours back in the day. Well, you got to be cool like your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, let's move on. Uh, but but basically, Pac-Man, uh, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, were really like the start of the uh, series of uh, characters that it was basically setting up a kind of a legacy yeah. for years to come yeah. for twenty thirty to the present day. I mean, you can get a Pac-Man game, I think nowadays. I don't think there's a new one for the new systems, but you can get like the anniversary collections and updated ones. So there's
1: an app for app on your phone you could get. Yeah. Uh
0: Donkey Kong Donkey Kong has had so many iterations, it's crazy. Yeah. Donkey Kong, seen, uh, Donkey Kong uh, Jr., Donkey Kong Zorro Country. Yeah. Uh Qbert, I think it's still been, been Qbert. I don't think they've actually redone. I think they've redone Qbert from a um a graphical standpoint, but I don't think they've actually done Qbert from a, a gaming standpoint. They haven't well, changed it. I think they
1: changed Qbert into like this hot blonde chick with swords. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, pixels yeah. here. Spoiler alert, yeah. if you haven't seen pixels. Yeah.
1: Um, um, but when we're talking about the golden age, I, I started this off by saying video games were second to uh, pool and ping pong. Mm-hmm. So in 1978, 19- Oh yeah, pinball. I said yeah. ping pong. Yeah. I got pong in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So in nineteen seventy eight, arcade gaming generated three hundred and eight million. Right. And that sounds like a good number. But then you go into nineteen seventy nine and it shoots up to nine hundred and sixty eight million. Triples.
0: Literally triples, yeah, literally triples in a year.
1: <laughs> and that sounds like a great number, right? Well let's go up to nineteen eighty. Two point eight billion.
0: Coin-op revenue. I mean, that's crazy, you know. Um, but what, what's interesting is the next year, <clears throat> and this was uh, where they actually started looking at different uh, demographics. Was the addition of female players, uh, which jumped it to from two point eight billion to four point nine billion.
1: Well, and it it makes sense. Because this is the year, this is during that time, like you said, the memorable characters are coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you want to play a
1: game with a character you like. Right. Oh, I want to play Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man or Donkey Kong or whatever.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, in, you know, 82, you know, it almost doubles again to 7.7 billion. It's ridiculous. Well, and then... Let's put this into perspective. It's ridiculous for anybody except for anyone in the video game industry. In
1: 1982, (coughs) Hollywood grossed $3 billion and the pop music industry grossed $4 billion.
0: So combined,
1: arcade gaming made $700 million more than
0: they did. Yeah. Because I think um, it was more interactive. Obviously, music and films are not interactive whereas video games became... Not that they ever weren't interactive, but I mean, like you were saying, but people were more interested people, in interacting. People who were good at it, you put your your you put
1: your quarter in, and you play Pac Man for an hour. Mm-hmm. Then you put another quarter in, and you play for another hour. Right. Well, unless somebody's behind you and has dibs. Right. Um. Or if you go on, you play Donkey Kong for an hour, whatever.
0: And the, you, you know, and I think that was part of like the, the allure of it too, where. You know, like I said, it was more interactive where with uh, movies or, or music, you're kind of just sitting there. Yeah. You're, not, you're not a player in the saga, whatever it is. The saga being the film that you're watching or the music that you're listening to. You might have some enjoyment from it, but you're not an active participant as you well, are in, in video games.
1: In terms of music... <clears throat> Did did they have like the Walkman yet at this point, where you could actually walk and listen to your yeah. music?
0: Yeah, I think the Sony Walkman was actually introduced in like the late seventies, early eighties. So you you definitely had that. So you could do you could listen to music while doing <coughs> slightly more. It's not like you were limited
1: to your bedroom. No, or
0: something, and or I I still cars. remember those because um, they they were very obviously big and clunky because you were you were dealing with cassette tapes, right. Um, but then they slowly got smaller. It was, like, I think, like, the original... The Walkmans were originally, like, probably, like, a 7x10 a mon- monstrosity until they slowly shrank them down to basically being slightly bigger than well, a cassette tape.
1: I mean, that's the crazy thing about technology. I remember, you know, early 90s, the the, the camera my mom had to take home videos of was, like two feet long. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I totally remember and now, that. And now people just use their phones. Phones,
0: yeah. It's like, it, it's crazy. And that's kind of one one of the reasons why I got... Because I use it for videos, too, my uh, iPhone. And that's one of the reasons why I got the max in terms of memory. Yeah. Just because I know I'm going to use that versus going out and buying a video gun ga- uh, video camera video like gun. that. video gun video game camera <laughs> a video well you know what we're talking about video games we're talking about shooting people virtually you know it's the same principle basically well, I, you're shooting video why not make a video gun. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's a gun that takes video. It doesn't actually shoot <laughs> things, just it shoots video.
0: Shoots video. There's a but, there's but a no I, I I but I totally remember, you know, those huge like monstrosities that you'd have, and like you'd have to switch from like shoulder to shoulder after a while, <laughs> I depending on how. Doing that. Yeah, their shoulders would get tired, especially if you had like the light on it or something like that. You'd have to like switch back and forth because they had like the little eyepiece that would switch back from left to right, depending <laughs> on how tired your shoulder got. Oh, but I
1: man. mean, like that, that was a good segue.
0: Yeah, it, it was, and but like it actually, you know, brings up a good point that people wanted to become more involved with their entertainment. Yeah. And I think that's really what it was. Um well, with video games where they were they were moving more away from you know just going to cuz con- obviously concerts have been around for hundreds of probably thousands of years. Going back to ancient Rome before going to see whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um but and they, it was yeah, ne- it was never interactive. Theater. Right. At the very least it was theater. And it was never real it was never interactive.
1: No, you just sit there and you watch. Which is cool. I love going to movies.
0: Yeah, I love going to movies. I concerts. love going to theater, concerts and stuff. But I but there was I guess there was a, a real push and it and it showed I guess a real paradigm shift where people wanted to be more involved in their well, entertainment. I
1: mean, how many times have
0: you just sat in front of your T V and played video games for like eight straight hours? No. More times than I can count, especially right. in high school. Right. I mean, like, I remember ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins and, I, you know, I just would, trying to go, you know. I, I remember switching off, because I remember switching off with my friends, you know, because you were going eight, nine hours. And yeah. you'd be like, all right, I'm getting tired. I can't, you know, you know, jump over any more uh, graveyards or anything like that. Here, switch off. Well, I, I, and, and there's a paradigm shift later on, but we'll get to that in a couple of, a couple of later um, episodes of the series, um, which I think are kind of critical. But let's just talk about, I guess, well, what we're talking like, so about now.
1: We're going back to the, the popularity thing. As the arcades begin to get more popular, people enjoy interacting and playing games. You, they start facing overcrowding. You need more of them. So... So like, you know, nineteen eighty one but there's I think the US had ten thousand arcades in it. Right. and by eighty three there's twenty five thousand.
0: Right. For and, so and, for two years more than dealing, doubled.
1: And they're still dealing and and they're all still full. Mm-hmm. Hence the, you know, seven point seven
0: billion dollars And revenue. I think and and that's a good point too because I think that also um was the impetus for uh home gaming systems because like we were talking about before, when you're putting a quarter up, depending on how good the dude is before you, you can be sitting there 45 minutes to an hour waiting for him to well, and, finish up. I mean, and here's the thing.
1: Home, <clears throat> home gaming systems were, back then, I'm sure, were fun. Like I said, I haven't really played them, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're also expensive. An arcade, a quarter. The Atari 2300, $200. 2600 Oh, right, wow. sorry, 26 Sorry, sorry. Oh, my God. Well, I was gonna a lot go of work here, to sorry. be done here.
0: A lot of work to be how, done how here. Much,
1: how much was a game back
0: then? 50 bucks. It, it was 50 bucks back then. It was still 50 It bucks. was still $50, bu- and that's what I think is crazy, because I remember going to Clover, and you probably don't even remember Clover. No, never heard of it. But it was, it was like the um, the more uh, conventional store for strawberries and clothing. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of them? No. Yeah. yeah, which was... Uh, Mainly like a Philly, uh, Delaware Valley uh, retailer c- comparable to Macy's. Okay. So, Shruburg and Clothier had this sort of Target-esque store called Clover. And Clover was right in Blackwood. It's, it's, uh, now it's like a storage facility in uh, that on that uh, Blackwood's heart- Pike. Does that make
1: your heart hurt a little It bit? does.
0: It does because I love that place because I used to get video games there. I used to get my Star Wars figures there. I loved Clover. So,
1: back in the day,
0: the Atari 2600
1: games were still 50 bucks. About 50 bucks. So, now, would they be like 150 bucks a
0: game for the Atari? I don't know. That's what I find amazing, because I still remember them, where, like, for Christmas, we would get maybe one or two games, because that was a lot of money back in the 70s and I early mean, 80s.
1: And now, Xbox One, PS4 games are sixty nine ninety nine brand new. And that's not even the complete game in DLC. Yeah, now. yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that's crazy too, but I don't think that's such a huge jump from even like the Xbox and you know the I Xbox know, iterations. Because I, mean, I, think, I guess part.
1: I guess fifty dollars was the standard price for like thirty years, because I mean the the sixty nine ninety thing is a fairly recent thing within the last five years. Usually forty nine ninety nine right. or fifty bucks, whatever you want to say,
0: has, has been the standard. But the the other thing too with with today, and I don't want to I don't want to jump to forward too much, but the other thing with today, which we didn't have back then, was we couldn't buy, for the most part, um, used games, whereas you can now. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you wait... If you can wait, like, three, four weeks, you can get it for 50 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? Or if you're like me and you wait three, four months, you can get it for 30 bucks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but they didn't have that back then. And I still remember uh, them always being 50 bucks. So, it was like... Uh, and, and, and it's actually good that you brought this up, because... That was kind of like the downward spiral back in like the mid '80s, where you know everything was going downhill because um, there were third-party manufacturers that were putting out games for like twenty-five, thirty dollars, whatever. There was no kind of they weren't like a 50- quality controlled or anything else like that.
1: Well, at at this point, we're 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 talking like ninety. 19- 1983
0: era, right? Right. So you have the Coleco Vision out, and you have the second Atari out, right? Right. Um, let Let's backtrack because I'm 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 jumping ahead, and I shouldn't be. Uh, let's backtrack to obviously the second generation consoles, which were from 76 to 82, really. Well, before Before we do that, real okay. quick. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. So the price of an Atari game, fifty bucks. The right. console, two hundred. So two hundred fifty dollars right there versus twenty five cents to play single. You know, you're spending two fifty to play a game versus twenty five cents. But, but obviously, here's, you'll, and you'll here's
0: know. and you know what? I love that you brought that up because here's the argument as an eight year old that I always would argue with with my parents. I said, "But mom and dad, yes, we have to spend fifty dollars on this now, but I can play it as many times as I want." Right with the arcade and and I was it was it was kind of, of about in the safety of my home where I don't have to worry about getting murdered or, or stolen danger. yeah exactly versus going to the arcade where you, have you to might wait. yeah you have to wait you and you might I think you ultimately you might spend more if you're constantly going there and everything else and if you're getting like you know food and everything else yeah um I think it was a real argument much to my credit, yeah. where I basically said, I think we'd save more money. Eight-year-old, if we logic. Just,
1: Eight-year-old pulling out that adult logic. <laughs>
0: yeah, pulling out that adult logic saying, you know what? I think we would actually save Look, more money by this, spending this, $50 on Ma- Pac-Man Mom, Dad, versus you giving me. Here,
1: here's my pie chart of why it's it's actually better. To yeah, never did a pie life, chart.
0: Man. Never did a pie chart. But I think the whole safety thing was more of an issue with my parents than, you know you know what? We might save extra $10, $15 from giving them every week, just to go down to the local arcade playing this game or that game. Um, but I think that was, in all honesty, uh, you know, an argument for the majority of, of people who are buying these well, systems. Po- points to you for a, a completely, not just valid, but really good argument. And I think that actually worked. And I think it worked to this day. I mean, it honestly still works. Um, where you're talking about... Um, you know, spending 50 to $70 on a game versus, you know, uh, flip-flopping back and forth, but online games or anything like that, where you're going to spend way more than that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in- in- at- World of Warfare, Ultima Online, you're tw- $20, $30 in every the, month, uh, the same the game. In-app purchases for the mobile gaming. In-app per Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. That's well, uh, that's a that's whole a, yeah. another
1: conversation. That's pretty much the last episode of this. That we're yeah, it's a
0: whole. That's a whole another conversation. All right, so
1: back back to uh, let's backtrack back to the the Coleco Vision and
0: the. Uh okay, yeah. So second generation uh, was the Atari twenty six hundred fifty two hundred. Uh, fifty two hundred was really a flop because for a couple of reasons. One, there wasn't like a lot of third party support, which is what happens even to this day with like a lot of the systems, like the newer Nintendo systems. If they're not getting the support they need, uh, in terms of third-party publishers, they're not. They can't really do it on their own, like Nintendo did back in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, which was a which was a whole different business model. But um, it was also the first time back in like the the uh, late seventies, early eighties, where th- it was the first time there were third-party uh, design games versus just. Atari's making Atari games, you know, Vision's making Calica games. Are you that's, talking about cross-platform? No, I'm not even talking about... I don't, there weren't even cross-platforms okay, at the time. Okay. I'm talking about... I don't think there was cross-platforms until Nintendo and Sega came hey, out. You, you mean third-party, like, this studio... Third-party publishers. Yeah. Correct.
1: Yeah. Atari didn't make this Atari game.
0: Right. And and that's where, you know, in 79, Activision was formed by four Atari programmers. Um, I'm gonna lie. I love Activision. (laughs) I've
1: played so many Activision games.
0: I know, me too. And obviously, it's still it's still thriving business. But the first three major games that they had were Kaboom, which, if I'm not mistaken, was you're sitting on top of a building and you drop bombs down.
1: So it was an earlier version of Call of Duty.
0: Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Pretty much River Raid, which was probably my favorite game. River Raid uh, is basically. it's not a side scroller. It basically, is a side scroller, but you're basically in a jet, and you just have to keep shooting things that are in front of you. It's kind of like a, a hybridized version of uh, uh, Space Invaders, okay, for the most part. But the the backdrop is constantly moving in front of you, whereas it, it never moves before. But you're basically like a plane from like the uh, like the '40s, where you're just shooting different things. Um, and Pitfall. Never heard of it. Pitfall has been remade a bunch of different times. Pitfall, I think, was like one of the, the first adventure games where um, you're doing a bunch of different things. You have to uh, jump over crocodiles' heads. I don't know if, if this rings any bells, but uh, in Pitfall, there's a point where you have to time the, the, uh, the alligators' mouths opening from when they're closing. Mm. So you have to jump on their heads when they're closing. Uh, just in time to reach the next one, but you have a limited amount of time because it's a side-scroller, so you only have a certain amount of time to start the jump before you're pushed off the screen. Then there's, with Pitfall 2, you have to jump on vines to swing over, like, tar pits and everything else. So it was something different other than, obviously, like the Pong type of methodology or the racing type of game. Right. Right uh but it was it was a hugely popular popular game and and they did really well in 79 um you know with those games a 82, eight, uh with the uh, kaboom River raid pitfall um and then another group and this one you probably haven't heard of because i don't think they're around anymore was Imagic, who was uh from another uh group of atari programmers that did demon attack in 82 and Atlantis in 82 Oh, basically, yeah, I mean, basically both shooters at Demon Attack right there. Oh, there you go. Still in the original packaging. Um, but <laughs> <they> <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> so proud. Yes, I am. Pass my back. Pass myself in the back. Patch your um, But they were basically, essentially, both shooters. Mm. I mean, in the same vein as River Raid or Space Invaders. It was just an upgraded version of, of both those games. Okay. With different different characters and everything else so, like that. So
1: let me ask you this: Were you at this point? Were you an Atari fifty two hundred fan or a ColecoVision? I fan? never,
0: I never had fifty two hundred. No, I never had the fifty two hundred. I played it with my my friends that did have the fifty two hundred, um, and basically the fifty two hundred was a um, a spruced up version of the twenty six hundred. And spruced by spruced up, I mean better graphics and everything else. They basically took, and you could play 2600 games on 5200 systems, but not vice versa. They weren't, right, right. you know what I mean? They were backwards yeah. compatible. Backwards, backwards com- compatible. Yeah. But they had flasher graphics, but it wasn't really um, a hugely popular system just because there wasn't a lot of publishers that, that basically wanted to spruce up their existing games. And that's all it really was. 5200 had some original gaming. But not enough to where people were like, they've already spent $200 or whatever on the Atari 2600. They're not going to spend another $300 back in like the late 70s, early 80s, on a 5200 200 for games that are mostly 2600 games. Right. You know? It's kind of like... It was kind of like the difference between DVD and Blu-ray. If that makes sense. Um, they both played the same movies blu-ray might play them a little bit better and a little bit crisper yeah but it's still essentially the same game right but you can't obviously you can tell a difference if you watch the same movie between the two different uh right but
1: instead of formats paying, instead of paying ten more dollars for a blu-ray over a DVD and a hundred more dollars for a
0: blu-ray player over a DVD player right you're spending another couple hundred dollars on a whole new system right for just maybe to like play the same old games just to play the same exact games you know so you got a ColecoVision vision that I had a ColecoVision, and um, which is probably, in all honesty, of, of the old systems, my favorite system. Yeah, my without a doubt, even you know, I mean, it even rivalled to me in my mind the uh, the NES. Wow, that's saying something. It is, and the and the NES obviously heads and tails above ColecoVision, uh, but. What ColecoVision really brought for itself was its cast of characters. Donkey Kong, uh, Qbert, um, it actually shipped with Donkey Kong. It was the first system. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Was
1: that a Nintendo property or not? No, yet? it was
0: actually Coleco. How
1: about that? I didn't um,
0: know that? Yeah, it actually shipped with Donkey Kong. But the thing that was amazing with Coleco at the time, back in '82 or whenever it was. Um, was it was the first system that gave you arcade quality graphics at home, even oh. more than the 5200. So if you're playing Donkey Kong in the arcades, you're playing the exact same Donkey Kong. At home. Exactly the same Donkey Kong, same so graphics. Even, even and more to your else.
1: logic about staying yeah. at home versus. Oh, going and to it arcade.
0: worked it worked with amazing results. Not just for me and my family, but. I think you know across across the country mm-hmm. because people were saying that why should we you know you know worry about taking the kids to the arcades and we, and here's here's laziness coming out too. Yeah. Why do we have to take the kids to the arcades and like have uh, to get uh, out and everybody ride
1: kids to the arcade and drive back to pick them up
0: right when you know cuz he wants to play Donkey Kong or Pac-Man or Gobbert
1: give them lunch money and
0: yeah. hope they don't get
1: they don't get um, abducted. Yeah, abducted. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, I think that was really um, one of like the major shifts in in the gaming market, uh, where it was more beneficial for people to start buying home systems versus spending however much they're spending at the arcades.
1: Yeah,
0: but it was it was a great my favorite word segue. From the video game market in the arcades to the video game market to the homes, Uh I think really ColecoVision really, really pushed, you know, most of the country, if not the world, into, you know, what maybe it's a good idea to go go for that. Right. Um, But then we have like the big major pitfall. Um, You know, let me let me talk real quickly about uh, ColecoVision. Uh, ColecoVision came out in I think '82 '83, but they had uh over half a million units sold completely out in the '82 holiday season. Wow, and yeah, completely sold everything. Um, so but they, I think they,
1: the, they debut in the '82 holiday season, then just sell out completely.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think in part because it came bundled with Donkey Kong.
1: Oh, other there great you go. thing. There you go. You're getting a game with the
0: system. And I think that's where kind of Nintendo years later picked up on that fact and said, "Hey, you know what? If you can really get a popular game and bundle it with your system, right? And well, and, that that's and, where, that's and that's where and that's where Mario really came that's into a popular
1: thing nowadays too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can get Call of Duty like systems, and you know, but and w- with with systems nowadays. They market it to, to, like, individual sectors of the gaming community. Yes. You can get Call of Duty. You can get an RPG. Yeah, you, you can get, get yeah, I think, the the Bat, one of the Batman games. Batman games. Right. Exactly. Nintendo always bundles their stuff with Zeldas now. Yes. Zeldas or Mario. Zelda or Mario. Whatever. You know well, what I mean? Pick or poison. That's the... Yeah. With them. But they completely sold out in the 82 holiday season. Um and at the time video game sales reached 2.1 billion which was which was like almost a third of the toy industry market and that that's the console sales that's the console sales and the game wow. sales and everything else um and that was in 82 now what happened was because you have these two big popular systems so
1: so hold on. That, they they did how much 2.5
0: 2.1 2 billion so, billion
1: in 82. So between that and the arcades, that's that's almost 10 billion combined just right. in, for gaming.
0: Exactly. And, you know, you have these two popular systems. Let's kind of forget about the 5200 because it never really, you know, got off the platform.
1: Well, I sure already forgot about it. <laughs> <since I never laughs> but really you basically
0: have it. the 2600 and you have ColecoVision. Uh-huh. Now what happened was, in 83... Uh, was uh, the collapse of the whole video game market. And that was basically because um, there were no kind of safeguards in place because anyone and anyone who could write code was making a video game. Now you're talking about the third-party people. Third-party people uh, just, make, just throwing anything, any crap, you know, literally and figuratively and everything in between on the market where people didn't really know what they are buying. Oh, it was a great box. You know what I mean? Great cover art. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, you know, the gameplay was, like, non-existent. And the, kind of like the poster child, the you know, the, um, of the whole collapse was the E.T. game.
1: Now, the only thing I, I, I've heard about this game, I know it's infamous for being terrible. hmm But I don't know why, so explain this
0: to me. All right, so I... I personally kind of loved et the the et game well, only the, you're because you're
1: the biggest et fan I know. I
0: know, uh, and that's the only reason why I like the game. a Senta- purely
1: sentimental value.
0: Purely, 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 purely sentimental value. Because here's what you had to do: do. et
1: e. over there somewhere.
0: Yeah, I do. No, I have it in a box. Ah. um, but I do have et. I think I have like two or three copies of it. Of course you do. Well, I only have one. Exactly. When you can have one.
1: One for each of your Atari. Exactly.
0: <laughs> But um, the, the premise of the E.T. game was, just like the movie, you had to get home. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like four or six parts where you had to, um, four or six parts of your speak and spell and everything else, you had to assemble to call the spaceship to come pick you up. And, um, what it basically was is there were different pits and everything. You'd have to go and search down the pit. You'd have to carry it up. If an agent came and touched you, you would automatically lose all the parts. So, say you have, like, four to six parts that you have, and you have, like, three of them, and you you need, like, one or two more. If, as you're levitating up, because you levitate out of these pits, because you have to go into these pits to find these pieces. And you have to assemble these these uh, these parts. If an agent, and it was basically like a little guy who's like in like a little black cloak and had like a little black hat on and everything like that. If he so much has touched you, you lost everything and start from the beginning. You're taken to jail, and Elliot has to get you out. So then the whole thing starts all over again.
1: Oh, how many rage quits did this
0: bring about? I don't know. Like I no, no no I I finished the game, but it's just. It was just monotonous because after,
1: well, I'm saying like
0: you have five out of your six parts
1: done. You're levitating up out of that last pit. Touch back to the beginning. Yeah. Son of
0: yeah. I mean that's what it was. I mean, I, you know, and and here's the whole thing. Like after you like got the spaceship to to uh, rescue you, it would just start all over again. It wasn't like once you knew the pattern, and and here's the, here's part of the problem. Once you knew the pattern of where you had to go, and they would just randomly. And even, like, you can only, no computer program is truly random. Uh-huh. Once you know the sequence of how it goes, you know, okay, and I'm just going to make this up. Pit A, you find part one. Pit B, you find part two, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the next time, Pit B has part, part three, blah, 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 whatever. Once you know that cycle, and once you know where the agents are coming from, it's an easy game to beat. Like ridiculously easy. Ridiculously easy, because you know where it's coming, you know how long it takes you to, to levitate. A so very minimal,
1: minimal to no replay value.
0: No, there was none whatsoever. Okay. I mean, because literally all it did was once the once the ship came to pick you up, it would just start all over again. Wow. There was there was like no replay value whatsoever. Um, obviously, in, in you know later games, they took they uh, you know changed up a bit by making it a little bit harder. Making it a little bit faster, you know what I mean. Like what with, with, I mean, Ninja Gaiden, perfect example. Like Ninja Gaiden Black and all that, where they just made you know your enemies get a hundred more hit points, you know, hit you know their attack, whatever. With with ET, it was the same, maybe ten minutes. In, in all honesty, because I still remember playing it over and over again, ten minutes repeatedly cycled, over and over again. Oh, so you could you could beat the game in ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. Didn't what a take a waste of fifty bucks. Yeah, but you know, I liked it, and it was kind of hokey, but I liked it. But that was kind of like the beginning of the end so for crap, Atari.
1: Crap games like that crashed the. Uh, the crap
0: market. games like that. I mean, that was actually um, produced by Atari. That and that, you know, Atari likes to say, "Oh, all these third-party vendors," and there were there were a lot. Um, where you could buy uh, an Atari game by different manufacturers, there's probably hundreds of de- and uh, there's probably an exact number I, I didn't look it up, but I should have uh, of how many actual Atari games there are, but there were you know literally, you know probably hundreds of different, not not hundreds, but you know 50 or 60 different developers that were just putting out anything. And the, the artwork on the box, is not necessarily the game you are going to be playing, you know right. what I mean? And that's and that's where everybody kind of lost faith in. So the video the game industry. People
1: buying these games are like, "Why am I paying fifty bucks for ten minutes of content?"
0: Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it was. Or why am I paying fifty bucks for doing the same thing repeatedly over and over again? Right. You know where it was. There was almost no difference whatsoever. There was one. There was like a digging game. Where you would dig, and you would have to um, uh, basically trap aliens in a hole, and then you would just go in the next. Now, certain re- repetitive gameplay makes sense. Pac-Man, even with Pac-Man, after a certain point, everything gets faster. Mm-hmm. Everything, Like, the speed just speeds up. But a lot of the games, it was just the same game over and over again every ten minutes. And I mean, I think it's kind of inconceivable to kids nowadays to that that was fun or anything else. Well, you know,
1: I mean, with video games now, it, it's kind of the same thing where you replay a level over and over again. You know where to expect certain things. You know where certain things are. Right.
0: Know? But but here's think, the difference. Then, you here's have, the difference between that. These
1: settings now too.
0: You have difficulty settings, and the game is not beaten in ten minutes. The game is not beaten in fifteen yeah, minutes. Your
1: average game takes
0: probably four hours. If that. I mean, or, or more. Or, depending I mean, depending, I mean, depending on what you're
1: RPG, doing. Your average RPG takes 20 to 30.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, the new Zelda is, I think, a couple hundred hours. Well, Just uh, to do, my, to do my, everything. My, friend,
1: my friends have it. I've seen the map for it. It's ridiculously huge. Oh, my God.
0: It's like... The new Zelda is basically like uh, Skyrim. It, I mean, it's, it's basically just times 10. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? It's just as big or bigger, the map. But... Even though you're doing the... And you can finish the game and replay it, but it still takes a long time just to finish that. You know? Yeah. Where, and that's where the video game crash in 83 came from, where people were kind of just tired of spending all this money on video game systems and video games for basically 10 minutes of doing
1: the same thing over and over yeah, again. Did that affect the arcade market, too? Or did that just kind of become its own separate... or stay its own separate thing?
0: I think there was a period of time where the video game market uh, was lessened, but just I think saturation. The, just from oversaturation. Just from oversaturation, but I think the, the video, the arcade um, industry, because they had more access to higher CPUs and all that. Because obviously, back in my day, the video game market was cutting edge the home video game market was sort of stable and everything else in terms of uh, what they could do and everything else. So it wasn't a complete destruction Mm -hmm. of the arcade system. I think the arcade system, in in some small part, helped keep video games alive. Right. But I don't think it was as popular because everybody was just sick and tired of it.
1: Right, so we have this crash that pretty much brings brings us to the end of the golden era, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And the it was funny about that was let's go back to ET real quick because we were talking about this before um, we, we were talking we're uh, discussing everything about what we we're going to talk about was the whole Atari video game burial of the ET system because so many people returned the game there was such a dearth of just excess product because they thought when it came out it came out at the same time, just like nowadays or you know when a movie was coming out it was released with the movie uh-huh. so of course everybody's going to buy it because they want to play the, the video game of the movie right but it's nothing like the movie at nothing all. like the movie they had they had hundreds of thousands of units that were never sold and they oh. literally buried them out in i think i think it was arizona or new mexico or um somewhere in this, nevada this was-
1: produced and manufactured
0: by Atari Mm so they
1: lost their ass on this yeah like they lost a
0: ton of money they lost a lot and that's and that really hurt them for the longest time I think the the first Atari system um since the 2600 popularity was like the Lynx and the Jaguar which was probably 10 to 15 years later wasn't there wasn't there a 7 one that began with a 7 oh 7800 yeah I think that was kind of like their swan song when all this was going on. Third generation swan song. Yeah. Before before the next generation came out. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean the kind of like the effects of that whole video game crash was um obviously we're we're going into your your generation now with the introduction of who? The Nintendo. The NES. Right. And one of like the major issues with the NES was um they strictly oversaw game value, and it, you still see it on, like, the boxes, if you ever look at yeah, it, I say still it.
1: approval. Like, you, um, you said this crash happened in 83, I know the NES came out in 83,
0: so it came out after the crash? It came out after the crash, I think it came out, I thought the the NES came out in 84, 85, I think it came out in 85. Well, we're
1: going to be talking more in depth about that in the next episode anyway. Right, and
0: we'll, Yeah, we'll definitely get into that, but, but the, the whole issue with this was, this was kind of like really the death of this second generation console system. Yeah. Was just releasing crap product. And and that's kind of where Nintendo basically took the ball and ran with it.
1: I mean, of, of all the games I've ever bought, I've only bought one. I was at a GameStop, I bought a game where the guy was like, you really don't want to buy this game. Yeah, whatever. I returned it the next day for full credit. Yeah. And that's that's one out of the you know the dozens and dozens of games
0: I've had over And they got and I think they got that way. I mean they were way more strict in the beginning because I I even remember like it was there was hardly any. I mean compared to how now it is nowadays where they still they kind of relaxed like their um their restrictions on things not just Nintendo but say Sega, Sony and Xbox where there's a lot more product out there. Um. They haven't completely like let let the let the reins free, mm. but they're they're really close, you know. Because I bought there was a couple of games, two or three years into the NES, where it was like, what did I pay for? Yeah, and I and again I paid fifty bucks for it, right? You know, where I'm thinking, what you know? I mean, that that's one I, that's one reason why I don't
1: buy new games. <laughs> I. Even if it's a game I really want, part of a series I really like, A, it's the price, because, you know, 70 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But B, it's, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. So you don't want to spend 80 bucks on
0: this. The only games I... And, and I'm kind of, like, almost there 99% of the way with you. The only games I actually even spend any money on now at launch date are Zelda games. Because they have, like, kind of, like, the... um. The premium kind of things where you get it, like if you pre-order it, you get this that, or the other thing. Well, I mean, and I'm and I'm Zelda, like a huge Zelda fan. Zelda's
1: a protected franchise. Nintendo's going to put 100 percent effort into Zelda all the time. True,
0: but I mean, like uh, never, no, but they're I completely agree. Never, never going to
1: make a crap game for Zelda. Yeah, that would ruin I, them.
0: No, it, totally. And but but I completely agree with you. I don't like touch any games nowadays until it's a couple months in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know, and I talk to people because I remember. You know, I remember when there were such crap games, because I think there's like seven or 800 games for the NES now, and probably two or three of them, two or three hundred of them are it's pure garbage. Pure gar- yeah, exactly, you know, um, but that kind of like ends our second, second gen, second gen, third gen.
1: Second, second gen. This this episode is long, went longer than I thought it would.
0: I told him. I told him, ladies and gentlemen. He's like, this is going to be like thirty minutes, Todd, and we're going to be done. I'm like, dude, there's a lot to talk about. Well, our segways segways help, uh, but they were you know they were instrumental. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, and, and they were oh, um, telling,
1: they were on point. This exactly.
0: Time. Um, anything else, to say, Derek?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, just remember, normal is new, new boring, and Be nerdy. nerdy. Thanks for joining us.